With the start of online sports betting this Thursday, FanDuel has come up with the mother of all contests for fans. The prizes include three trips, including airfare, hotel, and tickets to any SEC or ACC game of your choosing. Airfare, hotel tickets to an NFL regular season game of your choosing, or tickets to Derby 150. But if you're willing to gamble, you could take home all five prizes. Here's how it works. Download the FanDuel app, then go to ESPNLouisville.com and register your name. If you already have the FanDuel app, then you just have to register on our website. Then on Thursday, the first day of online sports gambling at Kentucky at 5 p.m., we will draw out a winning name. That person could either take one of the flyaway trips or derby tickets, or they could roll the dice for all five. Literally roll the dice. You choose two numbers on a six-sided die. If either of your numbers comes up, you take home all five prizes. If not, you get nothing, and we draw out the next winner. So download the FanDuel app, then register on ESPNLouisville.com. Wherever your favorite team tailgates this season, there's a Cox's or Evergreen Liquors nearby. Your mileage may vary. Stop by for all your game day beverages and party supplies, wine, beer, spirits, and more. Cox's and Evergreen Liquors, everyone's go-to liquor store. Big pitch set out on top, but the ball is loose. And now they get it to Seaver. It's going to be Louisville in front. I shook up the world. In BCS Bowl terms, you guys shook up the world. Hey, I'm the king of the world. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Hold it, hold it. You're not that pretty. I'm a bad man. I shook up the world. First and third, two. The 2 2 from Iggy. Swing and a miss. The cards are headed to Omaha. Welcome into another edition of Louisville Sports Live, the city's longest-running all-UFL sports talk show right here on 93.9 The Ville. I'm Ethan Moore. He's Taylor Lynch. Zachy C behind the glass. Producing the Zach Attack. Ooh, I like that, T-Money. You like that one? Yeah, we know. you know how we do it at LSL, all things UFL football, basketball, and recruiting. We're going to be hot and heavy on Louisville football and Louisville basketball tonight. The Godfather of the ACC, which was coined by our friend Andrew Adelson. David Teal will join us at the top of our number two to talk Louisville, Virginia Tech, ACC football, the scheduling arrangement. So we're going to be hot and heavy with football then. Um, our good friend Chris Hatfield at the best wager hit his LSL pick of the week for the eighth straight time. Wow. Hopefully you're cashing alongside of us. And I cannot wait to see what his pick is for nine in a row. So we'll get into all of that and more. Um, Taylor, fantastic job on the postgame show, dude. Um, Thank I, you. I honestly thought that we weren't going to have a loss in the exhibition portion of the season. But alas, <laughs> here we are. Um, I do want to kind of lead off with that. Uh, yep. Because that's that's the most recent, and and trust me, we are going to get into Louisville football as your 13th ranked cards take on a Virginia Tech team that has vastly improved over the last month, winning three of their last four. Um, they are three and one in ACC play. The cards, of course, are four and one 
If Louisville wins, they are alone in second place and will continue to control their own destiny. Taylor, just, I mean, even a few weeks ago, Charlotte maybe wasn't, um, you know, right before us, but it sure is now, and it's exciting. Again, like we did last week and the week before, to dream a little bit. I mean, Charlotte is certainly well within reach, as is a New Year's Six game, and that would be a fantastic year for Jeff Brom in year one. It's it's kind of crazy to believe that it is literally at our fingertips, and, and it, it all felt lost after losing that Pittsburgh game. But as is the case in college football and especially in the ACC, you know, you're given a gift every week. And Louisville was given a gift with Georgia Tech handling their business against North Carolina and opening that door again for Louisville to have the opportunity to compete for the ACC championship. Then they came out against Duke, and we will talk about that game a little bit later because I know you want to get to football first. I mean, uh, to basketball first, but they handled their business. Yeah, yeah. And so... Um, you know, I, I can't say enough good things about the defense. I mean, they balled out. Listen, you, you pitch a shutout. Um, you were dominant. And Riley Leonard was playing. Was he 100%? No. But he played the entire game, and you dominated. You shut down Duke's run game. And, Taylor, how many top running backs nationally Man. has Louisville not only contained but shut down? I mean, the list is growing week by week. It is, and I mean, it starts with Audrick Estime at, at Notre Dame, and, and we've seen kind of what he's been able to do since that Louisville game, and obviously what he did before that Louisville game, and then the tandem that they have at Duke. I mean, they never got that running game going. They never were really able to rip off those big runs uh, and, and really kind of establish the line of scrimmage, because Louisville... This was one of the first games that we've seen this season, and Louisville's offensive and defensive lines have both played really well this season, but this was one of the first games where Louisville dominated in the trenches, and that's something we have not really seen since the Cards joined the ACC in 2014, but they were dominating in the in the trenches. They were moving offensive linemen around uh, for Duke. They were moving defensive linemen around for Duke. I mean, it was an impressive showing for the big boys in the trenches on this in, in this one against Duke. Yeah, what did we talk about last week? It was going to be the offensive line. It was going to be, could Louisville shut down Duke's running game? They did that and make Duke a one-dimensional team, which is exactly what they did. And the yep. other thing we brought up is that Louisville was an explosive team where Duke wasn't. And it turns out Louisville didn't have to be all that explosive in this game. Jordan's longest run was 23 yards, which surprised me. But they came out and just – the game was over after the first two drives. They just ran the ball down Duke's yeah. throat and – from that point on, Jeff Brom knew we had him. Just kind, of, it he played a conservative game, which I found interesting. And he learned his lesson after throwing the ball 52 times against Pitt. He ran it 48 times against Duke. That's what you call good coaching. You realize your mistake from the previous week, you correct it, and then he didn't try to force it. Like a lot of offensive coordinators and a lot of offensive-minded coaches want to prove how smart they are. Jeff Brom didn't need to prove how smart he was. He kind of proved that, you know what, this is working. Don't get bored with success. Just keep doing it over and over again. I think the prevailing thought from me was just how big of a game changer Jordan is. I mean, we all knew that he's um, among the elite running backs in the nation, but I mean, instantly, from that first half against Pitt to the first half against Duke, he is a game changer. He is an elite back. He is an All-American. He's an All-ACC type of, of back. Man, I tell you what, just super impressive 
uh, the, the type of season that he, he's had, and then super impressive. Again, I know everybody's going to be talking about Florida State being undefeated, being in the top four on the college football playoff. Um, Mike Norvell for ACC Coach of the Year. But but I'm telling you this. If Louisville has uh, finishes at 10-2 and two, and, or, you know, 10-3, going to the ACC Championship, and I'm biased, but Jeff Brom should get the nod for ACC yes. Coach of the Year if that is the case, if that's either of those records. You're absolutely right. I mean, if, if the Cards are able to run this table and go 11-1 and one and get to the ACC title game, there's no question that Jeff Brom is the coach of the year because look at where the expectation level was when he took over the program and where they are now. I mean, these are unprecedented waters. This is something that Louisville football, uh, it's a position that they have not been in in a number of years. And he came in and he flipped a roster and he got Louisville competitive in year one and really put them ahead of schedule for kind of what we what we thought they were going to be able to achieve. And, and to go back to your point about Jawar Jordan, and the difference that he makes, I mean, you saw it, Ethan, when he was in the game that even when he wasn't getting the ball, which didn't happen often, but in those moments when he wasn't getting the ball, you saw that things were open for other guys because of the threat of him being out there and, and, and potentially getting the ball. I mean, you you saw them turn around and, and on some play action stuff to, to fake to Jawar. And then you've got, you know, open receivers all, all over the field because everybody's so worried about what's Jawar Jordan going to do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that opened up, like there was that naked bootleg to Lifson. I, th- mm-hmm. I think it was the first quarter. I know it was the first half. It was a yeah. beautiful pass play, wide open. It was a nice, what, 20, 25-yard gain. But that's open because of the threat of Jawar Jordan. Yeah, you're you're exactly right. And so uh, that's just Again, this this football season, this football team is so fun to watch. It's the polar opposite of what we're experiencing with whatever this basketball program is doing early yep. on. So let, let's shift our focus there. I mean, again, Team Money, fantastic job Monday night. Um, Thank you. Again, I we talked about how, you know the baby steps that this program can take to to wash away the, that nasty taste from last season, and. You know, KP and company, they go out there and embarrass themselves yet again against um, a a lowly Kentucky Wesleyan team. Uh, they played hard. Louisville didn't. Um, when you get out-rebounded by 14 against a much shorter team, um, you know, it, it begs the question. And, you know, KP's on the hot seat coming into this season. There's no doubt mm-hmm. about it. His seat is scalding now. And when you have a bunch of KP apologists, KP mafia, whatever you want to say, start to like say, yeah, I don't think this is going to work. And you saw that a bunch on social media. Then, you know, it just puts that much more pressure on him to win and win now. And like he did last year, Taylor, and we <laughs> we experienced <laughs> it firsthand with, with postgame shows, yeah. more often than not, his post-game press conferences are worse than the product on the court. He makes it worse. Yeah. And when he was talking about, you, we, we will never have as much talent. Um, you know, we're not going to out-talent teams. We need, to, we need to, you know, fight and all that stuff. That made me mad. But, but he said something else that made me even more mad than that. He said, after losing to Kentucky Wesleyan at home, that winning is hard. How would he know? 
Like, <laughs> how does he know how hard winning is? Well, I mean, when you're four and twenty-eight, you're, you're you would certainly know that way. But it's like you should never say that coming off a loss of an exhibition. Winning should be easy when you're playing Division II competition. And I know that St. John's lost the pace. Um, whatever. I'm gonna uh, spare me. Exactly. Patino's a Hall of Famer. He's gonna have St. John's in the NCAA tournament. Now there is a question that I want to throw out there on on the Twitter sphere, and then I want to do a poll question too. The poll question will be, and Taylor, I'll throw this out here momentarily. What will Louisville's record be in the three bye games to kick off the year? I'll fully admit it. Uh, prior to a couple weeks ago, I, I thought that Louisville's record would be um, a putrid fourteen and seventeen. After mm-hmm. losing to Kentucky Wesleyan, you could easily make the argument that that is being optimistic. I still think, Taylor, and maybe I'm just dumb or naive, I still think Louisville triples the win total from last year. I just may, maybe I'll reevaluate that as we, as we turn the calendar to 2024. I just think with this schedule and get, I know that if you lose the Wesleyan, you can lose through every single team left on the schedule. I just and maybe I'm just not allowing myself to think that it could be this bad again. You know, you're not, and that's okay. Ten to twelve wins, maybe now. Um, but but again, this is this is where we are. He's either gonna win and win at a higher level, getting to the NCAA tournament, and again, that is an asinine statement based on the the body of work that we've seen. Do I think that he's going to get this team to the NCAA tournament? No. And do I think he's going to turn this program around? No. There's no evidence for me to say that he will. So if you're saying that he's going to turn it around, you're just having the blind faith that you think that's going to happen because you have seen absolutely nothing on or off the court that would lead you to believe that he's going to he's going to turn it around. There's, there's, there's just not. And when he's saying the same exact nonsense that he said last year at these press conferences about, you know, there's a disconnect. How is there a disconnect during the exhibition season, <laughs> how is there a disconnect in not knowing that you have to play hard and practice hard? That mm-hmm. is a direct reflection or indictment, rather, of the coaching staff. That's You're exactly right. That's coaching. Yeah, and as the texture points out, St. John's didn't have three other starters. But right. you know what? Unlike the situation here, you know Patino ran them until they puked. Mm-hmm. They are so sick of looking at treadmills right now. Mm-hmm. They they can't stand it. And then, what do you think's happening here? I mean, or well. we're we just doing drills, and it's just like okay. I mean, who knows? And yes, um, we we would be remiss that we we're well aware of the rumors circulating today. Mm-hmm. Um, we cannot substantiate anything. So um, I know Louisville came out and issued a statement saying that is that is not the case. That, that it was not true. Yep. Um, so that's where we are a- until, you know, we can't, you know, speculate on what could have happened, what didn't happen or whatever. But yes, we, we're well aware of the rumors out there circulating. And then, you know, when stuff isn't going well, I mean, we heard the same type of stuff towards the end of the Mac Pagese era, mm-hmm. you know, when, when players weren't getting along and, and what have you. And those were unsubstantiated too. I mean, you know, maybe something happened back then. Maybe it didn't. I don't know. Same thing here. There's a lot of rumor and innuendo circulating this afternoon. I wasn't there. Taylor, I don't think you were at practice. I so was not there. No. I can't I can't verify anything because I wasn't there. So 
it's just at the bottom line, we can talk about, you know, well, this is and like, I'm not going to analyze Louisville basketball, Taylor. Like, I'm just not, I'm not doing that. You're, you need to win or you're going to be fired. And, you know, I've always said, we've both said it, uh, tournament or bust. Uh, mm-hmm. Doesn't look like this team is going to go to the tournament. And if that's the case, then we're looking for a new coach at the end of the year. Um, so here's the question. The question, there, there's one question that if you're a Louisville basketball fan, it's going to tell you all that you need to know. And feel free to, uh, uh, we'll tweet this out, and feel free to call us and text us as well. 8150-939 is the number. 3831-939 is the UPS Jobs text line. You're listening to LSL After Dark, of course, the city's longest-running all-UFL sports talk show. Taylor, I'm going to ask you this, sir. All right. The question is, and it's it's pretty simple. Do you believe that KP on an annual basis can get this program to compete for final fours and national championships? Not necessarily <laughs> go to the final four or win national championships, but compete for them. Okay. I'm uh, I'm going to say <laughs> no. That's a no. No. Exactly. No, no way. Not at all. Exactly. Not even kind of. Yeah. So that's where I am. Absolutely not. So then my follow-up would be, what are we doing? Then what are we doing? If if he is not going to, if and there's been nothing, again, there's been no evidence. That's not being a hater. That's not being negative. That is what it is. We have not seen any iota of evidence on or off the court that this staff can get this program back to national relevancy. We've seen nothing. And again, if you say that you think that he's going to turn it around, that's your opinion, but you're just going off of blind faith because there's no hardcore evidence that that's going to happen. So now there's I've seen a lot of clamoring for you know after Wesley and oh he's got to be fired now or you fire him you know if they, if they lose uh, UMBC he should be fired. I don't think Louisville's going to do anything during the season. I don't either. Unless unless there's a there's a direct reflection of last year. Like if you're two and ten or something. You know what I mean? Like if you're if you're doing one of these things where you've lost seven or eight in a row and you're getting blown out and yep. it looks anything remotely like last year, and, and maybe it could when you lose to Kentucky Wesleyan at home. Now we tweeted out a picture. Um, you know, I had a couple of buddies that were there. Taylor, you were at the first one. He said max three thousand people there. Oh yeah. Monday night. And as we tweeted out that night, that's not sustainable. You can't lose, and then you can't have crowds because of that losing, because of the lack of promotion of the program. You That's not sustainable for a program at UofL, not only for the basketball program, but for the athletics program. And, you know, UofL is trying to get people in the stands, and I, and I appreciate their efforts. They're doing this thing where if you buy a ticket for Monday night's game against UMBC and they're going to be honoring Coach Crum, his family's going to be there, it should be a, a wonderful service, wonderful videos, that if Louisville wins, you can get another ticket added to your account with each win. Well, <laughs> they damn sure better win then. Did you hear about the line about how they had uh, two tickets in the front seat of somebody's car and unfortunately somebody broke into their car and they left two more? <laughs> that, that's, that's a joke from the Crackthorpe days. Uh, yes, it I is. remember that. That's it what, is. I mean, that's where we're at. Like, is this worse than 2-10 Petrino 2018? This has got to be worse yes. than that. 
Yes. I mean, I think I think let's give it let's give it some time. I no, mean, no, it's it's worse. Louisville's a laughing stock. I don't need to give yeah. this any more time, and I, I appreciate that my my co-host is <laughs> ever trying to be the optimist, and I love you for that. No, no, but I'm I not- need no more time. I mean, this is this is doomed. This is a failure. This is not going to work, and. I know that we're not going to pull the plug in the middle of the season, but it should have been pulled in the off season. We shouldn't even be in this position because they are going to be four and twenty-eight again. They are going to maybe win, but likely struggle against UMBC, against Chattanooga, against Coppin State. They are going to just get dismantled and dressed down in the Empire Classic. They're going to get beat by Bellarmine. They're going to get beat by Virginia Tech. They're going to get beat by DePaul. It's it's not going to go well for this team this season. And even though they built a schedule to try to stack some wins up, if you can't beat Kentucky Wesleyan at home, and if you can get out-rebounded 47-33 to by a team that has nobody on their roster that is even close to being big and physical in the post when you get beat second chance points 18 to 2 when you get beat bench points 39 to 4 points in the paint 26 to 22 i mean we can keep going of all of the ways that Kentucky Wesleyan beat Louisville if that is what happens and you lose that game 71 to 68 to to the Panthers you can't honestly and objectively look at the rest of the games on this schedule and go, yeah, yeah I like Louisville in that one. <laughs> Do you want to know what the spread is for UMBC on Monday night? 12. Whatever it 10, is, take... 10 and, ten, and a half. Yeah, yeah I'm taking UMBC. Take UMBC. Hammer, hammer UMBC. Yeah. Free money. Hammer them. They're giving yes. you free money. Like, I'm sorry. You go 4-28, and 28, that's historically bad. You win like 10, 12 games, we're not having this conversation. You just cannot be that historically bad. And it's the media comments that bother me more than anybody else. anything else. He just doesn't get it. Doesn't. You don't get to say, we're not going to win games based on talent. Kenny, the whole reason you were brought here is because you brought talent to Kentucky. You, this exactly. is the University of Louisville. This is not a startup of a basketball program. Louisville is a proud program that has countless Final Fours, three national championships. Yes, it's three national ties. You can vacate it all you want. It's three titles. And the fact of the matter is, you can't attract top talent to come to Louisville you can't sell cars. Like you would be, he would be a terrible car salesman. You can't sell Louisville basketball in its tradition. What are you doing? There are so many coaches that would crawl to take this job yeah. and to act like you're doing a favor to us by taking this job and then running the program into the ground. Like this is going to take years to bounce back from if they don't react quickly. I, I mean, I think. Listen, he's not going to be the coach at the end of the season. Like no. by the time we get to the end of the season, I'm I'm just saying. Unless we have another four and twenty-eight, T, are you are you saying they're going to win four games again, or are you are you going to be? I'm saying ten to twelve. Yeah, I don't I don't see it. Yeah, oh, and listen, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not counting them to win a game right now. So, There's but, no game I look at and say they're definitely winning. So if that's the case, if we are anywhere where we were at the end of December, like we were last year, then I then I, then I think it becomes all right. We're gonna have to, we're gonna have to do something. It, it, within the season because our our hands are tied. We, we want to salvage at least a little bit of the season because you remember they kind of got that juice a little bit with Pegues after Matt quit. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I mean, again, I don't think this, I'm thinking it could, it's still going to be a terrible season. 
Will it be as bad as last year? I just I can't bring myself to think that it could be that bad. But when you lose the Wesleyan, and then when you say the same exact stuff, and I've said that for years, or for years, it seems like years, just a year and a half. But, it, it feels like. It's like yeah, dog years. But, yeah, Coach Payne, he just doesn't get it. And I don't know why he doesn't. Like, you have average fans sitting there saying, like, you're, you're, you don't get it. Why are you saying winning is hard? Why are you saying – you have to teach these – like, these kids are doing stuff they've never been asked to do before. What are you talking about? I Dribble? Asked, pass? I, set a screen? Not step on the out-of-bounds line? That's a start. I asked him in late July at his summer press briefing what his – The off, only one. Yes. His, his offensive and defensive philosophies, and they were – again, like most of his answers, they're just broad – it was create havoc, turnovers, and play fast. Okay, what does that look like? Because you're still not doing that. We don't have an offensive philosophy. I, I have said that. I said I said it all last season, and I said it again in the in the post game show on Monday night. I have no idea what they are trying to do on offense or defense. When I watch them play, I I don't know. I cannot figure it out, and nobody seems to be able to tell me. What it is that they're trying to do? Because they're not doing any. They're they're they, there's it's dribbling the ball around, and hoisting up um, a three with you know twenty seconds left on the shot clock. It's you know KP preaching paint touches, but then nobody's posting up. If they are posted up, they're not passing the big man the ball. It is Brandon Hunley Hatfield woefully regressing. I mean, he's a ghost man out there. Don't even play him. Um, mm-hmm. You talk about you need you need more from Emmanuel Okorafor. He doesn't even play. And if and if Emmanuel if if Manny Okorafor is not ready for the physicality that Kentucky Wesleyan was going to bring, which is what Kenny Payne told us that he wasn't ready for that type of physicality. If you're not ready for that type of physicality against Kentucky Wesleyan, then why the hell are you on the roster? He played like, why did we bring him up here? the road this summer? Right, and that and that thing up in Toronto, like that that shit, that's BS. That's BS. There's no way you're serious with that answer. Just like when he was talking about how there were NBA scouts there and they talked about that this is a well, um, what is well-disciplined team or there's yeah. something. That's not the case because your eyes aren't lying to you. You couldn't go out there and, and see for yourself. That's what I'm having trouble with. It's not being mean. It's not being a hater. Some of the stuff he says, it's just it's nonsense because you can see. They're not a well-coached team. They're not well-conditioned. They're not. Yep. We've heard. I've heard from. I've heard from numerous people that the practices are slow-paced. They're not well-organized. Multiple people over the years, and it shows on the court. You had. You've had national people now more than ever over the last couple of weeks. You had one ESPN or college basketball analyst say this was the worst shoot-around he's ever seen. Players tripping <laughs> over themselves, um, not knowing what to do. It, yes, and you're not surprised by that. No, now, we, not at all. We were saying the same things, but you know, s- some segments of the, of the fan base were calling us haters and wanting, wanting KP to fail. And, and, you know, yeah, we don't want KP to fail. We don't want the program to fail. We want them to win, but we also don't want them to look inept. And they are. That's not being mean. That's watching basketball. 
You know, you start out, you know, forcing shots. You're not hitting, you're not hitting um, good looks. And granted, Louisville did not, at least from a field goal perspective, there were several shots that went in and out. But you still should not have been tied with Kentucky Wesleyan to end the first half. You should not have lost to this team at home when you shot and made what thirty four free throws. Mm-hmm. And well, then, and then, in in Bob Valvano, and I know you mentioned that too, Taylor, on Monday night. Bobby V was asking him about you know. You know where do you go from here? And then his answer, more or less, was you know after he didn't his answers didn't suffice. You know Bobby V asked him, well, how do you explain that to the fans? And he, then he goes on again, talks about I'm building something and we need to have some patience. What? Mm-hmm. Coach, patience ran out after you lost to Leanne Rhymes last year. Right. Patience. And we're ran- all blue. <laughs> patience ran out when you called the red white game the blue white game. Patience ran out when you said winning is hard after losing to your second Division II team. Guys, he has the same amount of losses to D2 teams as he does ACC wins. (laughs) And that's not being a hater. That is a fact. That's stats. It's drop the mic with that stat. It's oh my god! What a heater! Have you been sitting on that one all day? Yes. Oh, that's a great one. But but it's tweet it's, that out. Somebody. It's the facts. When you no have, printer, straight facts. You could say, <laughs> love it. <laughs> but it, it it's just it's the same. And again, we saw against Simmons turnovers. Well, you, you got the turnovers a little bit more, uh, you know, un, under control against Kentucky Wesleyan. Ah, uh, but you couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. No. And then you didn't take care of the ball in crunch time. And when you turned your opponent over a lot in the first half, you stopped in the second. You got out rebounded by fourteen. You got what? What was the second chance points like? Eighteen to two. Eighteen to two. Eighteen to two second chance points. And how many times, Ethan, did we see in the second half? And this was the part that was super concerning to me. And I'm sitting there with Spencer Monday night, and we're watching the game. How many times in the second half? Did Louisville get backdoor cut? Too many Just to count. Over and over and over. And I'm looking at Spence and I'm going, watch, backdoor cut. And boom, backdoor cut. And what do I'm you like, think UMBC uh, and Chattanooga are doing? Exactly. Exactly. Especially if there is a size differential, which there likely will be between Louisville and Chattanooga and UMBC and Coppin State. They will Louisville will have bigger dudes on the court, but it obviously does not matter and they will do the same thing that Kentucky Wesleyan did and and the concerning part is we saw them against you uh we saw them against Simmons and they end up winning that game uh whatever it was 91 to 50 something or whatever they took a minor step up in competition Mm -hmm. from from Simmons to Kentucky Wesleyan I'm, we're not talking about playing Tulane and playing Alabama. We're talking about playing Simmons and then taking a small step up and playing Kentucky Wesleyan. So you win this game by, you know, 30 instead of 40 or, or whatever. 
And Louisville could not handle the minor step up in competition. That is a massive, massive red flag. And that is why I have zero faith that they win any more than four or five games this season. Well, if if I think the first three games are must-wins, if he loses any of the first three, I mean, the season's over earlier than anybody could have anticipated. And and then maybe maybe not after you lost the Wesleyan, but in terms of the regular season, these first three are must-wins. I mean, somehow he managed to put himself on the hotter seat before the regular season even started. But this is where we are. I could see these first three games being a whole lot like the first three games of last season, where you're losing at the buzzer you're losing in the last couple of seconds on a on a late sec or on a a late clock shot or 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 something like that like those gut-wrenching heartbreaking win or losses that last year we were like well you know it sucks but they're building something this team's going to learn how to play together and they're going to be okay and they just never were okay i'm afraid that those are the types of losses that you're going to see in these first three games if you lose to Coppin State, and again, if you lose Wesleyan, you can. If you lose to Coppin State, I'm not saying they will. I think they're going to win. I think they're going to beat them. I think they'll beat UMBC. I think on paper it looks like um, you know Chattanooga could, could get that W. But if you lose any of the first three, like you know, the firing percentage goes way up already because, like I said earlier, the worst case scenario going into 2024 is you got to be eight and four. And even those eight wins are against um, teams that probably won't be in the tournament and they're not going to be that good overall, anyways. Um, but at the very worst, you're talking eight and four. But if you, if you have any more than four losses heading into January, I mean, it's a wrap. And it's well, probably the- a wrap, anyways. But I'm just saying for the sake of argument before we get the season started. Well, depending on how Louisville plays against UMBC, that's going to give you a really good indication of how things are going to look against Coppin State because UMBC and Coppin State played last season. UMBC finished the year 18 and 14, but they played Coppin State and they beat them by like 20. It was like 100 to 80 something. Okay. So if Louisville struggles with Coppin State or, or Louisville struggles with UMBC and, and, and loses that game, then, I mean, UMBC bum-rushed Coppin State. So what do you think is going to happen when Louisville plays Coppin State? And again, you know, I got love for Carnation, but like, don't come at us calling us haters when this is the the results that we have. I was really... Yeah, I I was really kind of surprised because I opened the the show Monday night and I I told Carnation, you know, you tell me how you want me to be. Because last year, you know... I got so tired of hearing how negative I was. How neg- Oh, man, you're just so negative. Oh, you're so negative. Negative, negative. And I got so tired of hearing that. So I asked Cardination on, on, on Monday night. It was like, how, how do you want me to be? I'll be however you want me to be on this postgame show. We can be sunshine and rainbows or I can tell you the truth. And everybody, by and large, felt the exact same way of yeah. this is not Louisville basketball anymore. It's and there were people that called on Monday night and texted it into the show Monday night and said, you know what? I was on board last year. I was willing to give it some time, you know, blah, blah, blah. I was a, I was a staunch Kenny Payne supporter, but this ain't it. All right, let's open up the phone lines. 8150-939 is the number. Loyal Lawrence has been patiently waiting. He's up next. Hey, buddy. What's up, guys? Um, Y'all hear me good? Yes, sir. Loud and clear. Well, today I got mad because 
now y'all wanna, now they're gonna try to start rumors saying he um, had an altercation with a player to try to get him out of here now. Well, well Lawrence, I, I don't know. It. I don't know if, if this is a rumor to try to get him out of here. I mean, I think him losing at the rate that he's losing is what's going to get him out of here. Like, I'm going to still watch these games win or lose because you know me, he's I'm loyal to the end, Absolutely. no matter what. And I was mad Monday because one, I didn't see the players attack the rim and pass the ball down low to their bed. I don't know what type of offense that was trying to be like. Like they started to play good defense, turn the ball, turn the um, because the West went over, over, but they don't seem like they don't know how to finish a fast break. That was, and I, I don't know what. Like I'm mad at the players, I'm mad at the coaches, I'm mad at Kenny Payne not not getting on the players for messing up plays. I'm mad at the players for not um. I'm trying to do their own thing right now. I, I like it. Almost seems like they don't respect this man right now. Because what? Like, how can you punish these players when you got to worry about if you punish the players, you get on the players. They may try to um enter the transfer portal or try to leave the program. Like, and plus, rest in peace to Bob Knight because you know Bob Knight. Bob Knight was still coaching. He ain't gonna take take this mess. But. Right, right now, congratulations to the football team for being 13 in the playoff polls. Hopefully, they can keep winning. Other than that, I'm gonna I'm gonna be there Monday night watching the game. Fans who said they ain't gonna watch the game, they ain't gonna watch this thing or, or this for a whole season again. That's on them because if they start doing good, don't come around saying like we see we told you so. No, you you want to stand on your ground, stand on your ground. Like I'm still watching games. I'm still gonna hope they can go out there and play better than they had they did Monday night. Cause that's that's me, Ethan. I'm pretty sure you're gonna you doing the you probably doing the post game Monday after after the game. Mm-hmm. And Taylor, like James said, he's gonna be praying for you for the whole season. <laughs> yeah, Lawrence so, man. I, yeah, I hope to hear from you. I, listen, I hope that, that that's a win. Um, I, Taylor and I have since we've been doing this, we've not experienced. <laughs> Very many wins, but uh, but I'm going to be honest here too. Like I'm not if it, I'm assuming Louisville's going to beat UMBC, but I'm not going to celebrate Louisville beating UMBC because that's what they should do. I mean, right. just, like, way, just like just like Wesley. I'm sorry, but the only way Louisville's going to beat that team Monday if they start if they be aggressive, getting the ball to the rim, yeah, feeding the post, getting to the line, being aggressive, not playing Hunley Hatfield. Not settle for jump shots. Not settle for three-point shots. Be aggressive. Can you think talking about we want to dominate the paint? Then show it then. Yeah. dominate the paint. And if they don't, I, sit them. Like, I'm, I'm more mad at JJ. How you only get two rebounds, bro? Two. Yeah. You are six, you are six eight one ninety. Ain't no way you should get two rebounds. And if you, I've seen the roster for UNBC. The, the tallest player they got on that team right now, Ethan, is six nine. That's it. Yeah, six, six nine. Well, I Ain't think no the tallest player, Ain't Lawrence, no the tallest player on on Wesleyan was six seven, and we got out rebounded by fourteen. So you know, it all comes down to effort. And I'm with you. The big men, whether it be JJ, 
BHH. Um, I don't know why Corfor is not playing. Um, the big men have been non-existent in the exhibition season, and that's inexcusable. Just like losing to Leanne Rimes and Kentucky Wesleyan, and and losing twenty-eight of your thirty-two games last year, that that's just a long list of that. And, I, and I'm with you, but I'm more mad at the coaching staff for not getting these players to play. Um, you know, you have to motivate them. That's their jobs. If they're not doing what you tell them to do, or you're not coaching them correctly with what they need to do, then sit them. If you're not sitting them, that's on the coaches. And one thing, one more thing, Ethan. I better not see another game this season where Dennis Edwards don't get a get a chance to touch the ball, get shot in the paint. Yeah, I'm with yes. you. That's unacceptable right there. I don't I don't care who playing guard, who playing small forward, who playing power forward. Dennis Evans better at least get five or seven shots every game. So that's on that's on Sky Clark, um Tyler Johnson, those guys, you better get Dennis Evans the ball every game. Yeah, no matter what. And the coaches better. The coaches have to make the players do that too. And if they don't, sit them. To put Kenny Payne in timeout too. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you there too, Lawrence. Thanks for the phone call, man. I'm sure I'm going to talk to you Monday, and hopefully we're talking about a win. Before we get back to the phone lines, Taylor, there was just a tweet a couple of minutes ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know a lot about this account. It's at Coaching Changes on Twitter. They have over 26,000 followers. I've seen them. They've been around for a while. They just, quote, tweeted Trilly Donovan. And, and if you've seen that tweet, you know Trilly's – we don't know who it is, but he's very plugged into the college basketball scene. And he tweeted about three hours ago, things are getting spicy at Louisville with three spicy emojis. Well, Coaching Changes just tweeted the following. We are told from very well-placed sources that Danny Manning has been indirectly asked, whatever that means, by Louisville via people close to him to serve as interim head coach, but he has told Louisville no. Wow. I'm just throwing that out. That's, that's on there. This is not like some fake account. Now, again, I don't know how reliable they are. But, uh, you know, who knows? So, again, <laughs> that's I, I don't believe that, to be honest. But, you know, again, who knows? Mark but, Lieberman for interim head coach. Let's do it. Coach Liebs, let's go. Yeah, again, it's at Coaching Changes. They just tweeted it out about, I think, three or four minutes ago. I, I don't, you know, I'm not putting any stock into it. But it's a newsworthy nugget because he quote-tweeted Trilly Donovan, who in the past has been very plugged in. So, we shall C. 8150-939 is the number. When somebody drops off, you can drop in. As you would imagine, Taylor, the phone lines have been full. James, you're up next on LSL. What's up, buddy? What's going on, guys? James, I heard you, man, to Taylor on that post game, bro. I remember that fire from last year. Yes. Man, that's what I'm calling about. I'm, I'm pretty sure me and you have had this conversation before. Um. You all, I've just listened to the last 30 minutes or so, and uh, I have just heard on this radio that we have people that, that have been in watching Cardinal basketball for as long as they can remember said that they don't see more than four wins on the schedule. The basketball season is over before Halloween, fellas. Yeah. Yep. And we were told that we were stupid and we didn't know basketball. Mm-hmm. And to shut up. 
And if you didn't like it, to go find another team. Mm-hmm. And Ethan, sure I called in and I told you that we weren't going anywhere. And guess what? We still ain't. Uh, now we're going to call it out even more. I'm calling tonight because I want to thank you all because you all are the only show in this city that's calling it out. That's been calling it out from the get-go. Uh, it's so bad. I want you to think about this for a second. You've got some good stats, but i got something that's even funnier. It's so bad that Bob Valvano is taking calls after the games now. Bob never took calls, fellas. I've been listening mm-hmm. a long time. He doesn't take calls. But he says it's so bad that he has to take calls. That's how bad it is. They're sending out season ticket emails to people that if you go to the game and they win the ball game, they're going to send you another ticket. That's worse than when you used to get them free at the convenient when you filled your gas tank up as a kid. I watched my dad do it. I don't know what you all want us to do anymore other than what we're doing. Look at the Yum Center. Bob said it last night or the other day, I'm sorry, on the show. He said, I looked around and there was nobody there. I was like, Bob, where have you been? It was just like that last year. We cannot keep doing this. We better hope what you just said on the radio is true because this is not working. And we're not silly and we're not stupid. We know basketball here. I feel like Alabama. Could you imagine if this was happening to Alabama football right now? <laughs> Think about that for just yeah. a second. Yeah. I want you to, and I'm, again, I'm just, what planet are we living on right now? As a Cardinal fan, as a Louisville Cardinal basketball fan, what planet do you think we're living on, guys, that you want us to believe this, that this is acceptable? And that we're not supposed to say nothing about it. Just show up to the game and, you know, yeah. if you get by Kentucky Wesley, you know, hey, thanks for showing up. I, I think that time people. has passed now, man. I think that time I has think. passed, James. And I think la- I think Monday night was was the epicenter of it all. I, re- I really do. Get- then why, why the second year when we knew this was going to happen? He literally said in his press conference that we can't out we can't out talent uh, Kentucky Wesley. Yeah, and that's why we were told he was brought before. Yeah. Oh yeah, to be an ace recruiter and to bring guys in. Let's call it what he is. I've been calling it for two years, and I'm going to keep calling it out. He was a bag man. He did not develop Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis was the best center I have seen in college basketball. He was going to be the first pick in the draft, regardless of where he went. The same way with Carl Anthony Towns, the same way with John Wall, and everybody else that they've had. Get out of here with this craziness. It is ridiculous. We are not stupid. We we trust our eyes, as always. Listen, guys, anybody that backs this is a full-out agenda, and that is it. And I'm calling it out. It's an agenda, and you're not helping this culture that he keeps talking about. What are you doing, Kenny? You're not helping names. This is an addi- what happens on Monday night if we get beat on Monday night, and we're honoring Danny Crom? Are you for oh. real? Right oh now? my God! No, they can't. They, you can't that lose that too. game. You cannot you lose, lose that, that game. Hang on. We had we had one of the greatest basketball. Well, a lot of people maybe the greatest basketball player to ever play for this university. Won us the national title. A homegrown kid. And came at Denny Crumb's uh, at, uh, Denny Crumb's memorial and called the fans out. Yep. Shame on you, Daryl Griffith. 
Shame on you for calling me out. I'm not accepting this. It's that simple. It's time for a change. It's time to win some basketball games. He can't win them. He can't get no kids here. We had a top five recruit class, right? Wrong. We didn't even get that here at the beginning of the year. One kid's in uh, uh, Australia now, right? Oh, yep. no, he didn't make it but two weeks there, right? Now he, nobody even knows where he's at now. But we're getting good culture kids in here. Right. Man, get out of here with this bull. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and listen, it's, it, he's either he's either going to win James or or it's what? Crap. What? he can't even win the <laughs> yeah. king of the blue. Yeah, well, I'm not going to argue. With you. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to argue with you. But hey, we got we got a full bank of calls, man. He won the seventh region in this in, in this city. Yeah, seventh region stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to argue with that. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Pre- appreciate it, buddy. Appreciate it. All right, James, we got we got to roll. <laughs> he's fired up, man. He's he is. He, James is a good call, man. Yeah, he's yeah. he's good every post game. <laughs> Seventh region, you know, king of the bluegrass. That's right. Cardinal Cam is up next on LSL. What's up, Cardinal Cam? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Man, uh, <laughs> uh, man, I I'm trying to stay as calm as collective as possible, man. But it's hard. This. this this ain't it, man, and and I'm one of those that was pulling for Kenny Payne. You know, I yeah. thought he was, I thought he would be great here. You know, it still, you know, gets under my skin when I hear the Kenny Payne Mafia, whatever. That I just wish people would stop saying that. It's just people that care about the university and thought that he was going to be a good coach. It's okay with being wrong. It's not a wrong versus right. The only thing that needs to get right is this basketball team. Mm-hmm. And I don't mm-hmm. give a, I don't, I don't give a damn who's in that chair. I don't care if it's me, you, him, her. I don't care. Something's got to be. Something's got to be fixed, and something's got to be corrected. Can it be corrected? I don't know. That's why I'm sitting here. But we need to find somebody that does know and know what they're doing because this is Louisville basketball. You know, I, if the young center's empty, that's saying something. If if they're giving away tickets, that's saying something. Mm-hmm. If if we we know basketball, there's no pro team close to here. We know college basketball. We know what we're seeing. We know we know if something's working. If it's not, we've been around a lot of good, two very good coaches, Hall of Fame coaches. One that's not with us anymore now. We got a Memorial Game, and we're all here talking about if somebody wins. Come on, man. Yeah. Come on. You're right. Where are we at? We're at Louisville. This is Louisville. This ain't this ain't an experiment. Cam, that that's that. Working. I can't tell you how many times I've said that. It's where I'm talking, working. yeah, to buddies or on the show. We're yes. Louisville. You shouldn't lose to Kentucky Wesleyan. We're Louisville. You shouldn't lose to Leanne Rhymes. We're Louisville. You shouldn't lose games by 30, 40 points, twenty points. We lost twenty. I think we lost games by twenty or more points at least ten times last year. That is inexcusable. I've, I've been a Louisville fan my whole life. I know we don't do ages, but I'm thirty five. I've been a Louisville fan my whole life. I understand Rick lost some games. Yeah. I understand he lost some games that he wasn't supposed to. But them players came off that court sweating. Mm-hmm. Yep. You knew you knew at the next press conference when they got up from that podium that them legs barely worked yep. because they was in practice <laughs> all day. And you know if we, they lost a game like is. this, that they would be in that gym that night. Absolutely. That tape would it already is, been that tape would have already been on a loop. This is what you did it, wrong, it, this is what you it, did wrong. The thing about it is, is that I feel like the disconnect is, is that Kenny Payne, and I'm no expert, 
but I have eyes. I think that he's accustomed to coaching professionals. Professionals, you don't sit professionals. They'll get it right. Mm -hmm. They'll get it right. They'll work it out. They're professionals. These aren't professionals. You got a big man that's sitting on that court getting one rebound, two rebounds, looking confused, looking lost. I understand that's not all the way on the coaching staff. Yank him out the game. Yes. He shouldn't be in the game. Get him out. Get somebody in there that wants to work hard. This is a work hard place. This is not a place where you come in and think that it just falls in your lap. It's a jersey. Your name is on the jersey. Louisville's on the jersey. Those colors are on the jersey. If you're not going to work hard for that, I don't want you here. And that's the speech that he needs to be telling players. I Cam, I was getting ready to, to say saying. that. You have more spirit, and, and you're more amped up. James has more fight and more spirit than we get out of the coaching staff in this team. Absolutely. Period. Thanks for the call. I don't know. I don't know what's going on in practice, but I know what's going on in that TV, and I know what's going on at Yum Center. And, and, I know y'all have. And you can you can infer exactly. You can infer what's going on in practice. Yeah, something's got to happen. I'm still going to support. That's just me because that's what I'm going to do. Not everybody else is going to do that. Go get somebody that'll bring them in here. Go get somebody that can coach. Go get somebody that's going to yank him off the court. That's what it is. Yeah. Have a good night, fellas. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. We're Appreciate gonna bang it. out some phone calls here as hour number one is already almost over with. Zachy C, who do we got next? We got William up next and then we got Jake. All right. William, what's happening, man? Thanks for holding. Hey man. Yeah, I, I think uh I think it started off wrong. Uh I, I wanted uh Kenny to work. I hope he does work. Uh we'll, yeah, obviously we'll see. But I think we had to kind of twist his arm. I think that was the worst thing to do. He, I think he was very comfortable in his lifestyle. He said that. Uh, I think we, uh, through circumstances, some social circumstances or whatever, everybody kind of got panicked. And uh, I think he kind of took the job thinking, well, man, you know, can I mend? And I think that was a mistake. I think there's a lack of uh, imagination from the structure, the uh, command structure of the school. I think we should have totally rebranded Louisville basketball, new uniforms. I mean, we should have just went and rebranded this school. It was kind of stale, kind of old, kind of old. I don't think we did that. And now, you know, we're, we're in a big problem because um, if the place is going to stay empty, yum, I mean, my God, you know. And then, like, I mean, we're one game in, two games in. Yeah. I mean, God. Where are we going with this thing? And, I, 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 you know, let's take the emotion. I'm very emotional right now, but let's take the emotion out, sit down, do a deal, honor him, get him out on the right way if that's going to happen, do it soon, and let's move on because it's probably tearing him up too because obviously he's a good guy. Obviously he wants the school to win, but I don't think it's in his heart, man. And the other – you know what? Here's another thing. I never see anything going on around the city. Like like Jeff like Jeff Rum went to the concert. And I think you all interviewed him or something. He he's with his family and we were talking about Beyonce and stuff. Like I don't hear hide the hair of any of these guys anywhere. I haven't seen them anywhere. So I don't think they want to be here, man. I think it's just that simple. They don't want to be here. Like like you said, there's a disconnect and thanks for the phone call, man. We appreciate it. There's a disconnect like, you know, KP was talking about. But that's on him. There's a disconnect, right. but like that's because 
he's not getting what he needs to out of his players. And then, you know, once you, you see this, and Taylor, there's no more excuses. Like, you know. Oh, no, they're, they're, they're done for. There's no the cloud. Are over. There's no where they they quit on Coach Mack, blah, blah, blah. These are his players, and you're seeing the exact same thing. No offensive identity, not playing hard, not rebounding, allowing inferior opponents at home to beat you. And nothing is going to get better. If the, the Yum Center will, con- will continue to stay barren, when you lose to inferior competition, and I don't blame the fans for not wanting to go out there. No. Why would you want to? Why? And so you want to change the narrative. You need to win. This is a must-win proposition for Coach Payne and staff. This is a must-win proposition for Louisville basketball and the university. You have to to win. There's not talking about a process. There's not talking about culture. There's not talking about, well, I hope that we learn something or I mm-hmm. hope that we can play harder. No. You win. Winning is not that hard against inferior competition at home. It's not. And if you think it is, then you're not the right person for the job. It's just you either win or you learn, Ethan. Remember, you win oh or you my learn. Gosh. I mean, that, again, <laughs> you can go down the long list of the red flags, dude. I mean, Cardinal Cam brought it up. Um, I believe it was him when we talked about he had to get talked into the job. Yes. He that took- was my point from the very beginning is why are we going to hire somebody who we basically had to twist his arm and make him yeah. come here? No, like, thanks. I'm good. Yeah. And then, you know, you had you had he got hired and then he was in New York for about two weeks. <laughs> like, right. What, like, you, no, you need to be here, you know, you know, overturning every single rock. To and get then everybody six months there. to put a put a freaking coaching staff together. Yeah. That's what it felt like. Yeah. Uh, one last caller before the top of the hour. Zach, who do we have here? I'm sorry. We we got Jake with us. Jake, Jake what's up? Thanks for holding, man. Welcome in. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I, I, it really perturbs me that over the last few days, at least, that, that this crap is overshadowing what this football team is out there. Yes. Well said. Well yes. said. It, it really burns me up. And if Josh Hurd and all those people up there in the administration, I hope you're listening. Hear me now. I'm not spending a dollar on that basketball team until that man is fired. Understand that. I'll be at that football stadium on Saturday just like everybody else. Hell yeah. But, I, I, but to, make, to make a point real quick, guys, he wasn't qualified. No, this no, thank you. It's not, it's, not a, it's not a conversation anymore. The proof's in the pudding. The writing's on the wall. He wasn't qualified for the job. You know, Jeff Brom played football here. From here, that's all great. I love it. You know what Jeff Brom also was? A proven winner, and that's mm-hmm. what matters. This is college, high-level college sports, and winning is what matters. Don't get caught cheating and win football games. Or basketball games, whatever the sport is. But that's the only point I want to make. Go cards. My man Jake. Yes. Perfect segue here as we as we cap off hour number one. You're listening to LSL after dark. We're going to attempt to talk some football. I'm ready, man. I know, it's, I know you this are. Is dep- this uh, damn basketball is depressing, and and I wasn't ready. I was hoping they would at least win the last exhibition, so that I could have a little bit more peace before I had to worry about basketball. And it was in my face, and I couldn't ignore it. But damn, if they didn't just ruin it for me. Jake said it perfectly. I want to talk some football because yes. that's what matters around here right now. We got a chance We're a to do school. something. Football school. We're going to give the people what they want. The Godfather of ACC media, David Teal. Will join the goat. us 
to to start things off in hour number two. And listen, we can revisit it. Taylor, don't get mad at me. We can revisit it. If you still want to talk basketball, we can. The UPS Jobs text line is on fire. We have to get to that as well. We will do that after after our interview with David. So the calls are coming fast and furious, as are the texts. Listen, if you want to talk basketball still and, and get and still vent it, this is what we're here for. We're going to talk some football. We're going to preview the number 13 cards versus Virginia Tech as they come to town for a 3.30 kick on Saturday. The weather, Taylor, oh my gosh, oh. each day it keeps improving. Last Chef's I saw, kiss. it is indeed 70 degrees. Oh, could could I could I get a little bit more of the bronzing in just Dude, as we tailgate? Just we're the- going shirtless. What are you talking about? <laughs> Sun's out, guns out, baby. Let's play some football. I'll do. Do I no one or do I not? Blank. Listen, are you listening? Listen. Do I or do I not have a pulse? Yes, I do. Do you or do you not have SPF seventy? Yes, I do. No, it's it's only 30, dude. Right. Easy. Relax. All right. Well, take a quick break. When we come back, <laughs> David Teal will join us. We'll preview Louisville, Virginia Tech, as well as get his take on the new ACC scheduling model that came out this week as well. Keep it locked. You're listening to LSL After Dark right here on 93.9 The Bill. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Keep playing. Keep working. Keep going. And keep moving with the exceptional orthopedic care at Baptist Health. With an experienced team and a full line of advanced services and procedures, it's no wonder most people choose Baptist to help them keep on keeping on. Visit baptisthealth.com ortho to find a Baptist Health provider. Welcome back into our number two of Louisville Sports Live, the city's longest-running all-UFL sports talk show right here on 93.9 The Ville. I'm Ethan Moore alongside Taylor Lynch, Zach Cantrell behind the glass on the ones and twos. You know what we do? We're talking all things UFL football, basketball, and not recruiting tonight. Talk basketball in the first hour. We can come back to that if you like. But also, like Jake said, we got the number 13 cards taking on the Virginia Tech Hope Saturday at 3.30 and who better to preview the Virginia Tech Hokies than one David Teal, who our friend Andrea Adelson termed the godfather of the ACC. David, how are you? Thanks for your time once again. Getting older by the minute. That's why Andrea calls me that. <laughs> well, I think, I think David, it's, it's because of your intrepid reporting. So, I mean, <laughs> we'll go with that. It's a badge of honor, David. 
There you go. It is indeed. Well, well, David, the, the Hokies started off, you know, rather slowly, but have now really picked up some some speed, some momentum. Three and one over the last four, and now um, it's the Cards and the Hokies are battling for second place in the ACC. Um, give us the the lowdown lowdown on the Hokies and their resurgence over the last month. Well, even it's it's a combination of improvement across it, it's across the board: offense, defense, special teams. I was running some numbers yesterday, and it's uncanny. In the last four games, the balance that Virginia Tech has struck offensively. 867 yards rushing, 863 passing. Wow. I mean, that, that, that's pretty daggone ideal. And, mm-hmm. you know, one game against Wake, they throw it for 321. And then last week against Syracuse, they rush it for 318. So they, they, they've shown an ability to be explosive on both sides of the ball. But just as a, as a word of caution about Virginia Tech and to its fans, Virginia Tech's three ACC wins are against arguably the three worst teams in the league. Wake, Pitt, Syracuse. They are really stepping up in class on Saturday against Louisville. Yeah, and that and that's the one thing that I know some Louisville fans have discussed as well. Of course, you brought up Pitt. Uh, the Hokies beat Pittsburgh thirty-eight twenty-one, and the Cards lost to Pitt thirty-eight twenty-one mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. There, uh, but I think uh, you mentioned the balance offensively and defensively, David. But I think it it, it really is the catalyst of Mister Drones, right? I mean, he has he has gotten the, this offense mm-hmm. rolling. Um, he's part of, of why they they have that balance now. What's what do Cardinal fans need need to watch out for as far as this young man is concerned on Saturday? His his mobility, uh, not not only on designed runs, but when plays break down, and he's he's very good at extending uh, broken plays. And also, they'll, they'll roll him out and to, to, to avoid pressure, which obviously Louisville is very adept at, as is Virginia Tech. That's been the key to the Hokies' defensive resurgence is the pass rush. I believe the Hokies are up to 30 sacks now on the season, and 15 of them, half of them, in the last two games. Uh, but Drones' wow. mobility is what really makes this offense go. And so he's throwing for 59% on the season, uh, well over 1,200 yards, seven touchdowns to just one interception. A nice, uh, impressive stat there. And then he's the Hokies' second-leading rusher with 400 yards on the dot um, so far. So, again, he, he is the poster child for balance. So And that's why you have the Hokies playing at, at such a high level here recently. Um, but another thing, David, that I mentioned, and I think it's – it's it mirrors Louisville as well. When you look at the total body of work from the Hokies, they're a totally different team at home than they are yes. on the road. One hundred percent, even they are winless on the road. Why do you think that is? Is it relative youth of this team? Is it still um, the new coaching staff trying to figure everything out? What do you think it is as as why that's such a discrepancy? 
we talked to Brent Pry about that this week and the, the way he framed it. And I, and I think it's a valid point. And when they lost at Marshall and at Rutgers, it was September. And this team wasn't even remotely close to finding itself. And then the other road game they lost was in Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. Guys, I don't know that anyone's going to Tallahassee <laughs> this season. Not this year. And, 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 and winning. No. No, they're, they are national championship good. Um, so that, that, I think, is, is a plausible explanation. That's why, that's why I'm so fascinated by Saturday's game. Uh, I think Louisville's going to win, but I really want to see if Virginia Tech is competitive. I mean, what really cost Virginia Tech in each of its setbacks was breakdowns against the run, just simple gap coverage. And, you know, Trey Benson goes for a 62-yard touchdown run, and then an 85-yard touchdown run, and it just broke their backs. And if if they do similar things, Saturday, Jawar Jordan is going to make them pay dearly. And you know, you mentioned, and you guys know this better than I, but you mentioned the Pittsburgh loss for Louisville up there. Does that happen if if Jawar Jordan is is healthy? You know, you guys are in a better position to answer that. Um, than I, but when I asked Brent Pry this week, hey, you know, what did Pitt do that no one else has been able to against Louisville? The first thing out of his mouth was, George Jordan carried the ball twice. <laughs> yeah. he He's right, David, and, he, and that was the point that I brought up earlier in the show mm-hmm. um, when we were started to discuss this game, was like, that was the wow moment, the aha moment for me last Saturday when Louisville took control early against Duke, it was Jawar Jordan had his two impressive touchdown runs, and basically Louisville had already put the game away. He has that breakaway speed that, quite frankly, not very many backs in the country do. He refuses to go down on first contact. He is a game changer for Louisville, and it was evident. Um, you know, when you compare the Pitt game to the Duke game, um, and then ad- additionally, playing at home helps as well. So, and that's another dynamic that that I'm looking forward to on Saturday is, you know, a lot of these, uh, you know, Louisville and Virginia Tech, they have a lot of similarities if you're just at a glance. And so uh, I'm I'm intrigued for this matchup as well because, you know, Taylor, Louisville has not played against a team with a dynamic, you know, true dual-threat quarterback, especially with Riley Leonard, you know, hobbled a little bit. This is going to be a challenge. It is. And, and David, my question to you is we know that that drones has kind of been the – the catalyst to Virginia Tech's resurgence offensively over these last couple of games. But you mentioned it earlier, defensively, what they've been able to do, especially yeah. in the last two games with getting sacks and getting pressure, what has yeah. kind of been the, the catalyst on that side of the ball to really kind of flip the switch for the Hokies? And they're kind of getting back to that that lunch pail defense that we're used to seeing from them. They really are. and I, I give a lot of credit to the transfer from the University of Florida, Antoine uh, Powell Ryland. And he's just he's he's got I think nine sacks on the season. I think he leads Gelati by a half a sack mm-hmm. in in the ACC stats. And I hope I'm saying his name correctly. Uh, 
I'm, I'm not a radio guy. You guys, <laughs> <laughs> very you guys. close, Gelati. Gelati, okay. Uh, Ashton, I got that part. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that that part's easier. But Powell Island has has been the catalyst up front, and you know they, they're sneaky good on the interior at, at, at the tackle position with with guys such as Mario Kendricks and Narell Pollard. But it really is uh, Powell Island off the edge uh, that, that makes them tick. And that there's a young man at the star linebacker position, Keontae Jenkins, who has really found himself these last two games. I believe he went into the Wake Forest game with 12 tackles on the entire season, and he's at 18 in the last two weeks. Uh, so his improved play has, has been really important to Virginia Tech. So Louisville's offensive line has been one of the the major uh, positives on the offensive side of things. It has has really protected Plummer, uh, and so it looks like they're going to be in for you know a, a rather stout challenge here on Saturday, making this game you know all the more intriguing. So David, that was kind of my, my next question for you, both um, offensively and defensively. Um, what does Louisville need to be concerned about when the Hokies come to town Saturday? Well, one guy we haven't mentioned, fellas, and he's, he's kind of similar to George Jordan, and that's Bashaw Tootin. Uh, he, his stats aren't nearly as impressive as Jordan's, but trust me, he is a dynamic talent in many regards. He took a kickoff to the house against Florida State. He is a very explosive back. And not only with his speed, it's, it's very subtle, but he has patience. And mm-hmm. he just kind of, he kind of waits for that hole. And when he sees it, that's when he kicks it into overdrive. And they've been very successful with a lot of motion and eye candy, if you will, uh, in offensive sets and running to the perimeter. I haven't seen enough of Louisville to know how well it defends the perimeter. The numbers would suggest they defend the whole field quite well. But uh, Virginia Tech's going to try to get to the to the boundaries. There's no question there. Nice. So I mean, Louisville's going to have, a, I believe, a unique challenge that they haven't faced uh, in quite some time. And, again, the, the, the forecast, David, looks fantastic. Are you going to be making the trip? I am. I'm uh-huh. really looking forward to it, guys. The only other time I've I've seen a football game there was the COVID season, mm-hmm. and obviously you, you you don't get a feel for for the the stadium and the crowd and and the atmosphere. So I am really looking forward to that part of it. Well, we're looking forward um, to to your visit, and and also it's going to be about seventy degrees and sunny, so it's going to be a beautiful week. Yes, <laughs> a beautiful fall day at LNN Stadium for for the Cards and the Hokies. And, and you know, personally, David, this is um, and my next question is going to be about the the, the scheduling format. I understand, sure. you know, with Louisville being a newbie to the league a relative newbie, that they're not going to have, you know, any of those protected opponents. I'm fine with that. I just mm-hmm. wish that Louisville and Tech could play more, being, yes. I believe they're the closest mileage-wise to opponents in the ACC. I would wish they could play, you know, more frequently. But your overall um, take on that, that ACC scheduling model, I, I, overall, I think it's pretty cool. 
I think it's the best they could do in a very imperfect world, guys. Mm-hmm. Seven, 17 is such a unique and awkward number. Yeah, you even I don't think there was any desire to do divisions, whether an odd or even number, but clearly you can't do divisions. They couldn't go to nine conference games, not with seventeen teams. The math doesn't work. You'd have one team playing just eight games. So that wasn't an option either. Uh, just a simple rotation of opponents, that's not gonna work either, because Virginia needs to play Virginia Tech every year. And the NC State needs to play North Carolina, and Florida State needs to play Miami. So I, I think that worked well. And then there was the presidential mandate from the, the current 14 that no school was going to play in California in this seven-year rotation more than three times. Everybody was going to do it three times and never in consecutive years. And that's exactly how they've crafted it. Uh, that that was not not an easy thing to do, uh, but they made it work. But Cal and Stanford, they're going to travel to the Eastern Time Zone for football three times per season. It's going to be really intriguing to see how that affects them. And boy, are their sports science folks going to be earning their keep mm-hmm. in terms of keep in terms of keeping those young men properly fueled, properly rested, because that is just an unprecedented travel burden for college athletes. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I, I'm another, you know, I think intriguing is the buzzword with all this. Um, I'm intrigued to see how many times Louisville gets called the Cardinal when they're playing Stanford. <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna happen next year. Louisville goes Absolutely. to Palo Alto next year. Um, I, I'm I've been waiting with bated breath to see how many times that occurs. David, we'll get you out of here with this. I, I won't go too far down this rabbit hole because I don't want my co-host to smack me. <laughs> well, how, and you know where I'm going with this, Taylor. I know. What is the latest, and how confident are you? that Florida State and Clemson remain ACC members for the next, let's say, five years? Five years. Let's see. There's a contract that goes until 2036, so five years, 2028. Yeah, I think they're still in the league in five years. I don't think they could get out any faster than that. Uh, that's a legal hill that I think the ACC is willing to die on. And they would fight tooth and nail for them to be accountable for every last penny. And right now, guys, if someone wanted to walk and was being held to the letter of that grant of rights, we are talking well north of half a billion dollars. Yeah. That's, and um, I just I, I just think that's untenable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it just it, it, and guys, who's to say that the sports media rights bubble isn't going to at some point, maybe not burst, but at least deflate some. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I'm, I'm fascinated to see what kind of deal Notre Dame gets with NBC. And then, you know, it's 
these are very interesting times, and our athletes going to be employees. Oh, yeah. Is there going to be revenue? There are so many unknowns here. Um, but to me, if, if there was an out to that grant of rights, it would. No one in any conference has challenged it legally, and I think there's an obvious reason. It's because they are ironclad. I know you said, Ethan, that we were going to get David out, but now David brought up a point, and I just want one more question here. <laughs> um, David, you brought, you brought up Notre Dame there, and we have long, everyone in the ACC has long said, you know, is, it, is Notre Dame ever going to join the league, and blah, 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 and, and none of us really believe that it's going to happen. But nope. with with what you brought up about the, the media rights and, and the bubble not necessarily bursting, but, but maybe, you know, teams starting to get a little bit less – if Notre Dame were ever to join the league, at this point, I don't see it being for more access to the playoff. I could see it potentially being maybe they don't get as much money from an NBC deal as they could get as a member of the league if if these these media rights deals do start to shrink a little bit. Well, I, I, I think that's absolutely valid, Taylor, but let's be clear. Even at the current rate... The reported rates that Notre Dame is getting from NBC, the Fighting Irish are leaving money on the table by not being in the ACC. Mm-hmm. That's how much that's how much they value their independence. That's how ingrained it is in the culture there. And this goes beyond the athletic department. This this goes to Notre Dame's board of trustees and the presidential level. And uh, I just think that it is such a long shot that Notre, or excuse me, NBC would really have to lowball uh, for for Notre Dame to just say, you know, let's let, let, let's just go back and, and go to the ACC. And uh, I think their route to the playoff would be easier because I think they'd have a better chance of winning the ACC and essentially an automatic bid mm-hmm. than they would getting one of the at-larges. Well said. And, and that, you know, unless they come to Louisville, you know, but hey. <laughs> so, yeah, David, as always, man, we, we appreciate your time. Um, you know, we do this for some of our, you know, the friends of the show and the guests. We're going we're gonna to have your walk-off music. Um, as as we bid adieu to to you with a little bit of the Godfather, so as always we appreciate uh, we appreciate your time. You can check him out at Richmond.com. He is the ACC Godfather, David Teal. David, enjoy your stay over the weekend. Enjoy this beautiful weather and enjoy what we think is going to be a fantastic game. Thanks for having me, guys. You made me an offer I couldn't refuse. Yes. <laughs> See you, David, man. We always we appreciate love it. it. Be good. You Our come friend. to me on the eve of the Louisville-Virginia Tech game asking me for a favor. Oh, I was going to let you keep going. I like that. No, no, no. Do we really have to keep doing the rest of the show? Like, we could have just ended it. That, that was the we could have. That could have been it. That could have been it. absolute perfect ending to that interview.
David Teal is just a wealth of knowledge. I love having him on the show. Yes, yeah, I, I'm telling you, and he is like he—he's the Godfather. He's broken so many stores in the ACC. Yes, um, you know when you when you need to go um, go to for your ACC information, he is one of the pillars. There's no and doubt he's, about that. And he's one of the few OG um, ACC writers that really gives Louisville their their props and their flowers. Oh yeah, he never made Louisville feel like uh, an outcast in the league. No, not at all. Um, I, I tell you what, you know, we're going to keep our hot streak rolling because um, we're going to have Chris Hatfield at the best wager on Twitter. He's going to be on here momentarily. And he's going to go, Taylor, for nine straight winners. Let's go. I hope that you guys that are listening that, that are into the, the sports betting world now, um, I hope that you guys are tailing him. Because, Do we need uh, any music for him? So, oh yeah, money, 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 money. There you go. That one. Yeah, there you go. So your boy hit his first uh, four leg parlay. Yo, congrats! Uh, Monday, Monday night. So you know, I was I was feeling myself. Well, I had right. to I had to do something during the post game or during the basketball game. So I just <laughs> I, I I put a little uh, put a few shekels on some Monday night football and and we cashed a winner. So. Nice. It was same game parlay then I would assume. Yes, of course. Yeah. Nice, nice. Okay. Well, and, and you've done much better with your picks of the week. Um, yes. So you know, I, I think that we're all listen. We're we're kind of all in a little bit of a heater. Not not as not as much as Chris, but still. Um. So we're gonna you know you know how we do. We're gonna talk to Chris. Um. He also had um some betting tips for Louisville basketball. I'm I'm gonna get into that um uh, at the last part of our interview. Chris, man, welcome in. And you know I, I'm sensing and I'm feeling the heat. Through yes. my, my earphones because you are on still on a heater going for nine straight winners on LSL's pick of the week. How are you, sir? Yeah, man, it's a it's been a great run. Feeling a little under the weather tonight. I wish I could uh, shake this little bit of a seasonal cold. We'll get over it and uh, get to get here. Yeah, there we go. Well, we hope we hope to get you yeah you feeling better. No doubt about that. Um, you know, like we do every week, man, your thoughts on the, the last Louisville game before we get to your pick of the week. And then you also tweeted out something earlier in the week that was very, um, you know, the buzzword continues intriguing about Louisville basketball, of course, at the best wager. Give Chris a follow there if you haven't already. So I'll get into that um, later. But your thoughts on a, a defensive masterpiece by the Cards against Duke last Saturday? Well, I was able to attend the game, um, second game I've been to this year in Atlanta. Obviously, when I talk to you guys, um, it needed to do um, the game kind of went the way I thought it would. Um, I, I thought you saw a semi-limited um, quarterback in Riley Leonard. I definitely don't think he was a hundred percent, and Louisville took full advantage of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's been years in the past that we've had similar situations like that, and they've been unable to do that. So that was job number one. Um, number two, though, I, I was definitely impressed by, again, um, the, the two best defenses they've probably faced in the trenches in Duke and Notre Dame, how they were able to will their way, um, impose their will on the ground. And um, Jamar Jordan showing how good of a running back he is. And uh, Louisville being able to continue to – manage these games with um, Jack Plummer not really being asked to do much at all uh, is key going forward. And it's key, obviously, they're in a position to do whatever they'd like to do going down the stretch here. Um, and it's going to be something that's key going forward this week. I think it's a really good matchup against Virginia Tech. I think it's a team that's 
probably a little overvalued going into this matchup. Um, Syracuse, that game last week, I actually ended up with a small bet on Syracuse and immediately regretted it. That looked like a team that uh, <laughs> that looked like a team that had quit to me. Yes. So I don't really take much value from that. But again, um, this is another good opportunity for Louisville to continue to define their identity of winning through the trenches, winning the defense, and really getting after the quarterback because they've been able to do that really well over the last few weeks. Yeah, they really have. Um, so, Chris, before we get to your pick of the week, you, you tweeted out something um, uh, earlier this week, and then you tweeted out something a couple of weeks ago in, in regards to Louisville basketball. You had an, uh, a player assessment of each one. I think it um, it was a well-thought-out assessment. I agree with, with basically everything you said about every player. Um, but you also had a little bit of betting advice um, for Louisville basketball so far through this exhibition season. For our listeners who have not seen that tweet, um, what are you thinking about if you're betting on the cards, against the cards, whatever, what have you seen so far early on that you're going to maybe um, really kind of pinpoint as this season gets started? Well, it's it's funny with a team like Louisville because last year – you get a little caught up. I mean, obviously, everybody was just at the end of the season just running to fade them as fast as they could. And we, there, I think there was this disconnect locally. Like, people were looking at the Vegas spreads, and they really couldn't. It, it seemed like well, the Vegas couldn't really figure out just how bad the team was. Um, and when you, when you kind of get caught up in that, you're thinking, man, there's, there's something here that you're missing. But I, I see that line for UMBC, and I, I, I you know, I, I jumped right on UMBC immediately. Um, as far as like, you know, from a, a pure angle standpoint, I, I think the best way for me to attack Louisville early in this season is to attack what everyone is griped about, and that's how Louisville looks unprepared to start games. Um, I mean, I, there's nothing new there. There's been nothing new in the exhibitions. Um, there was nothing different there last season. Um, so there's a few different ways you can bet that. Um, you can take I'm taking first to 20 with their opponent. First to 10 is another bet you can also take, but that one gets a little bit more finicky. I think first to 20 is a little bit more indicative of the team that's that's better prepared because um, you have a you know you have a bigger sample size there. And then just taking uh, blindly uh, for me, I'll be taking the opponent first first half spread until I've seen otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen this team look prepared for the moment, ready to match the intensity of the other team. So there's nothing to suggest that I just stop betting that, and that's what I'll continue to do here early in the season. I think UMBC is a team that's not very good, um, a lot of fresh faces. Um, so that game is a little bit more iffy. Um, but the Chattanooga game that follows after it, that is a team that can beat Louisville, but not only beat them, that is a team that can beat Louisville pretty handily. Wow. Um, if, if they show what they did against Kentucky Wesley. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. So, um, we'll be, we'll be, um, I'm tracking your picks there. All right, man. Um, I'm going to do a drum roll for you. We're going for nine straight on a heater. Chris, your LSL pick of the week, sir. Um, it's going to be Alabama minus three. Um, this is—it's honestly kind of turned into a little bit of a public um, bet, but I, I really don't mind it. This is a big game for me personally. I have some futures on Marvin Harrison to win the Heisman. Have some other futures that really need to get Jaden Daniels out of that Heisman pitcher. Also have Alabama to win the SEC. Um, I bet them right after Georgia just destroyed Kentucky. Um, got a really good number on that. And I think this Alabama team is being really, really undervalued. Not only 
in this game, but kind of the national picture and where they could fit into the playoff discussion going forward. Um, this is Alabama's just a much more balanced team. Uh, LSU's offense is incredible. It's it's almost on a historic pace, some of the things they're doing, but they really have no answer to stopping explosive plays. Um, from a coaching perspective, I'm going to take Nick Saban over Brian Kelly any day in a big game, um, and I, I don't think LSU is going to be able to limit Alabama's offense. It's kind of went up and down this season, but Jalen Monroe's really improved over the last few weeks. So for me, um, this is just... Uh, quite frankly, a better team, more balanced team, and one that can do something that the other team can't do, and that's contain the other offense. I I was going to say, I was just going to interject, like there's a stat that I like with this too. There's only two SEC coaches that have ever beaten Saban back-to-back years. Les Miles, or there's three of them. Les Miles, Steve Spurrier, Hugh Freeze. I don't think Brian Kelly's going to be the fourth. Yeah, and I I mean, I kind of got caught up a little bit on LSU in the preseason because I saw how good that offense can be, but the defense is just not return the favor. I think he's been directly responsible for some of that because there's a lot of talent on that side of the ball. So this year, um, like a few years past, it's just been another reminder that Brian Kelly is a pretty underwhelming coach. Um, so that's definitely at the forefront of this handicap here. Um, and like I said, going forward, really, really think this Alabama team's dangerous and think if they get that shot against Georgia – in the ACC championship, um, they will give them a big run for the money. Indeed. Well, well Chris, man, uh, we'll help you feel better, first and foremost. And secondly, um, good luck. Let's make it nine in a row. At the best good. wager on uh, on Twitter. And then, Chris, tell our listeners again, if there's any other avenues that they can get it, you know, get in touch with you to get things rolling and make some money. Yeah, website in the bio there, at the best wager. A lot of people love to bet on college football. I love to watch football and bet on college football as well. Um, but historically, over the last few years, college basketball has easily been the most profitable sport for us. A lot of games, a lot of teams, um, a lot of games where Vegas doesn't really pay attention to the lines, quite frankly. So there are a lot of good opportunities there, and we're really getting started here this few weeks. Um, already told you that I will be betting against Louisville out of the gate. Um, but got a few other lined up here, and um, before you know it, we'll be deep into college basketball season, feast week coming up here in Thanksgiving, and all that fun stuff. Um, so definitely reach out to me at the best wager at uh, on Twitter. Awesome, man. Well, Chris, as always, we appreciate the time, boss. All right, thanks. Yes, sir. Chris Hatfield at the best wager on Twitter, going for nine straight winners. All right, gentlemen. Um, I'm going to toot your guys' horn, too. Y'all have been very good. I think us three are well over 500. I mean, I think oh, yeah. we might be six, 700. Yeah, we're making the people some money these last couple Absolutely. weeks. Throughout the season, I've only lost three of them. Yeah. So There you go. I hit last week, but you know, I'd be lying if I told you it was an over that hit, and I, I forgot the game. I tried to tell you guys to take Kansas over Oklahoma last week. That was mm, that did. was the over. That was the over then. That's it. And, yep. and it hit. It did go over. All right. So, T Money, since you just hit your same game parlay on Monday, what you got for us uh, this week? So, I debated going a couple different ways with this uh, particular game, but I ended up just playing it safe and going money line. Um, I guess that's not necessarily safe, but, you know, I wanted to get a little bit more value. So I want money line versus just taking the points. So uh, Kansas is a two and a half point dog on the road at uh, five and three Iowa State. 
Uh, give me the Jayhawks in this one. I took Jayhawks money line in this one, but you can also take the uh, two and a half points as well. And then, of course, uh, as always, uh, Cincinnati uh, is playing host <laughs> is playing sure host is. to UCF. Uh, UCF is a three and a half point favorite in that one. Uh, so I would take uh, UCF money line. Uh, in that one just to bet against Cincinnati for the sake of betting against them. I already had that written down for you. I knew you were going the, going against Satterfield. <laughs> Dude, fade Sat. That's the thing to do. Fade even, Sat. Even historically when he's been really good against UCF and it's at home, and I know it doesn't really mean much so far this year, but I'm probably going to do it too, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But Fading Sat is always the answer. If it wasn't UCF, I, I would have already placed the bet. But I, I probably yeah. will. But three and a half on the road against you know UCF's only three and five themselves. But they haven't lost six straight like UC has. Exactly. Zach Attack, what are you rolling with? Going with a couple here. I'm going to a staple. Every time I get a chance to bet an Iowa under, I'm going to do it. I know it's only yes. 30 and a half, but it's Iowa and it's Northwestern. This is a game Oof. that's probably going to be offensive to everybody who wants to watch it. They Oof. should probably get financial compensation or at least get to go to the game for free. These teams are not combining to score 30 points. Northwestern's not good. Iowa can't move the ball across the street. This game has 13-10 written all over it. Go the under in that game. And the exact opposite, I'm going over 76 and a half. I know it's a big number. USC Washington, Michael Penix, Oof. Caleb Williams, Points aplenty. We saw what happened last week. Cal hung 49 on USC. You're telling me that Michael Penix, Roma Dunzier, Jalen McMillan, those guys can't do the same. And USC is going to score too because they always score on everybody. Over there, Washington's going to win, but it hit the over. And then finally, I think the wrong team's favored in Bedlam. Oklahoma's five-and-a-half-point favorites. I think yeah. Oklahoma State's going to win that game because think about this. It's the last Bedlam game they're ever going to play. Oklahoma State is mad at Oklahoma for ending that rivalry. Mike Gundy has Ooh, already like said he's not going to end. He's not going to continue to play that rivalry. And here's another stat for you. Ollie Gordon, in his last five games, 978 yards rushing. 121 yards, 136, 168, 282, 271 his last five games. Best running back nobody knows about. Oklahoma State at home beats Oklahoma. Nice. This man did his research. That's a good one. I'm going back to the well. I I told you guys just a couple of weeks ago, when the service academies play, Mm -hmm. you take the under. I'm doing this as number 25 Air Force will take on uh, Army, uh, the Black Knights, in Colorado Springs. Air Force is an 18.5-point favorite. The over-under, very low number here, too, 31.5. I'm going to take the under. Ooh, um, that's risky. When the service academies play, that under hits much more than the over does. So Here's I'm, a good question. That's what what would the with. over-under be if Iowa played a service academy? What would we set the over-under at? Like 1725. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it would go under. Guaranteed. It would go under. 10-7. Yes. So there you have it. Um, but yeah, if you and if, if you're getting into the game and you have, you know, certainly have some bonus bets or whatever. I mean, I hope I sincerely hope that you guys have been listening and and following following Chris, man, because he's he's been on one, and a lot of them that they're clear winners. They're, there's no there's barely any sweat um, to his picks of the week, and then too for for my for my dudes Taylor and Zach. I mean, they've been they've been on fire too, man. So um, we're doing well, and. And full disclosure, I when I say that, like these games, like I'm betting them, mm-hmm. so I'm not just saying it to say it. I'm I'm betting them as well, right? And I'm glad that you said that. For I don't know if I didn't bet 
Kansas, but I bet that over because I know Kansas and you know Oklahoma's defense is you know Swiss cheese, not good. So there you go there, and I might just look at the number for Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, and bet the over on that one too. Yeah, the over under I think right now sixty and a half. Yeah, sixty and a half. That's doable. Yeah. Oh no, Bedlam games are traditionally very high scoring. Yeah, that could be an over. So let's do this. Let's we got to bang out these texts, T Money. Okay, there's so there's so many. And if you want to call them, we got about 15 minutes left. If, um, like, I feel like the frustration has now moved on to anger, as tar- and as far as basketball is concerned. And, and I'll tell you, you experienced that via calls <laughs> and the text line. Um, there you have it here. So, were you proud of me? First of all, can, can we? Just, were you proud of me for being angry? Because normally I am very apathetic when it comes to this team. Well, so, it's starting to get to that. I no, was angry Monday. You, you did a fan. No, you did a fantastic job. But that is what it's getting to. It's like when you have so many. Oh, th- this is what did it for me. When the two D two teams trolled Louisville, and listen, <laughs> I get it. I get it. If if Leanne Rhymes and Kentucky Wesleyan had this, like. I would be doing the same thing if I was in their shoes. So props to them for the troll. But, like, that's when I start, you know, I wasn't even mad that they lost to Kentucky Wesleyan because it's just you're so used to it and you're so numb yes. to it. But what made me truly mad was when you saw that, beating Louisville on October 30th with the handshake emoji, and you have these two D2 schools just clowning Louisville because – they were pathetic enough to lose to them on their home floor. And that that's what did it for me. And then KP saying it's hard to win. <laughs> that, and that we're not gonna have we're not gonna win because we're the most talented team. Yeah. So we're gonna or I'm gonna bang out some of these texts. So uh text, Texter says my focus has shifted to the women's team. Starting to think Trenton Flowers saw the running on the wall with pain and said, I'm out. Rick beat K uh, Kentucky Wesleyan by like 12 one year and got roasted for it. Crazy how things have changed. KP is done. We're delaying the inevitable. Select the interim and have a whole season to make a big push to secure our guy. As soon as the season is over, kill the portal, win fans back, return to glory. Texter said the guy told us of his incompetence long ago. Said last year he didn't believe in needing guards. He doesn't believe in calling plays. He didn't understand the YMCA Youth League concept of using fouls to give. No one can be surprised. (laughs) $10 on UMBC to cover 10.5 is the easiest money I'm ever going to make. Um, Where there's smoke, there's fire. And the building looks to be ablaze. Again, we're, we're talking about you know those rumors. We addressed those earlier in the show. Um, we haven't been able to substantiate any of those. Um, right. So Louisville has come out and issued a statement. Um, so that's where we are with that. Uh, but yeah, we're not ignoring those the text about the rumors. Um, we've heard them too. We just we can't substantiate them. Shout out to LSL and Mike Rutherford for being the only two shows that have been telling it like it is from day one of the KP hire. Uh, Let caller James Cook. Yes. Um, Hey, LSL, I would like to thank Matt Bevins for setting this program back another 10 years. Uh, Louisville 0-0 men's soccer versus Pitt at the half. Um, Let's see. Oh, then... um, 
Oh, and then uh, one of our one of our favorite guys, favorite listeners, texting in Robbie Dole, um, an older tweet, but I can't read it because the font's too small. It said, "Wow, popped up on my timeline, Man. listening, um, listening um, to a long time." Yes, so no, Robbie Dole, we we. He's on Twitter. He has been. He's an, an LSL OG. I want to give Robbie his props. Constantly um, says some kinds word uh, about us on Twitter. Um, always promotes the show on his social media page. So Robbie, shouts out to you. I'm I'm squinting in now. His tweet at us was from November first, two thousand twelve. Wow. And it was about um, Montrez Harrell and Shane Bahannon um, talking about U of L's front court depth. Man. <laughs> so Robbie, shouts out to you, man. We appreciate your support and we always appreciate you listening. Texter said, Oh, our good friend Chris the Plumber. He's another LSL OG. How do y'all think about um, Scott Davenport? How would, we, would he do here? He clearly can coach and we have NIL. Um, I think, listen, I think if you gave Scotty D last year's roster, they win a ton more than four games. Right, and they win um, more than whatever the amount of games we're going to win this year. I think once again he will come in and beat Louisville in the Yum Center. I agree, and uh, I think that's just where we are. I mean, Scotty D can coach ball. He he is um, a fantastic X and O's guy. Um, let's get Drew. Uh, the phone lines are still open, so we're gonna uh, we're gonna get Drew here on LSL. What's up, buddy? Thanks for holding. Hey, no 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 problem, man. Hey, I'll make this really quick because I know your time is really getting short. I love your show. I've always I listen to it every week. Uh, here's I'm just going to throw my own hat in the ring on the, the situation with Kenny Payne. I mean, I support Kenny Payne. I'm, I, I had a I had a, a nephew play you know play high school baseball and cross country, so I always try to support the coaches. And I guess my point I'm trying to make is that uh, I think Louisville. The one thing I like about Louisville because I've been a Cardinal fan since I was knee high to a grasshopper. I think the one thing I've always liked about Cardinal Cardination is the fact that you know, in other in other in other country, in other well, was like in another city. If it's not winning, if the coach is going to get fired, that's understandable. I think the one thing I do like about Louisville is the fact that uh, you know it's it's probably the one is one is arguably the one place where if I was a coach, you know, you could you could buy time if you seem to know what you were doing. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. you see what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And I think that's really I think the problem we're just seeing right now. Uh, you know, Louisville, I think Louisville is not so much Louisville. Not so much Louisville supports a winner. I guarantee you, there's other places that if it's winning, you know, the stadium's half full and Louisville, they'll support a winner, and the volleyball team proves that. The baseball team proves that. My point is that uh, Louisville is not only supports a winner, but they'll support great effort and great hustle and stuff like and stuff like that. I like what C.L. Brown said this morning in the paper, the Courier Journal. We just got out work. We got to hustle. We got out work, and you know, and uh, that's just not Louisville basketball. Louisville fans will support a, not only a winner, but they'll support great hustle and great effort. And even if it's not winning, they're still going to, you know, they'll still support them and they'll work with them. Now, obviously, if they're not, if it's not winning, it's like any other team. You're going to get, you're going to lose your job. But the one thing I like about Louisville fans, and I think the reason why they're just frustrated right now, we're not seeing that great hustle and that great effort. But like I said, they'll work with it. If you seem to know what you're doing, you seem to have a plan, they'll work with it. But in the end, all I care about is, if, you know, red, red, black wins. That's all I care about. You guys great got a great show. I got one more thing to say. Go cards. Yes, sir. Yes. Thanks for the thanks for the phone call, Drew. Yeah, you talked about women's basketball, how you know the fans support them. They support the volleyball team, the baseball team. It, the TBT team. I mean, that was oh, a, yeah, such absolutely. a jolt of energy this past summer. 
because the fans, we want something to support. We want something to rally around. We, we yearn for that. Just, you know, but listen, we are not, we trust our eyes. This is going to be a phrase here that we're going to say a lot on LSL. We trust our eyes. We know what we see. And yep. what we see is not commiserate with Louisville basketball. What we see is embarrassing and tarnishing the program's brand. Night in, nine out, period. Texer says, 38-31-93-9, let's hire and Hurley, get some intense and fire energy on our sidelines again. We need a high-energy hire. I agree with that, but I just don't see him. I don't see him winning. Uh, I don't see him leaving UConn in the Big East. He's got things, yeah. he's got things rolling right now. Um, so again, a couple more about, uh, addressing the rumors again. Um, if you're all over social media, you've seen it again. We have not been able to substantiate any of that. Louisville, um, came out and issued a statement. Um, so, uh, we're just going to leave that as it is right now. Um, and then, you know, we're going to see what happens as, like we said, the first hour of the show. And like Taylor, we've been saying when we talked basketball in the off season, it's it's result season. It's produce or see ya. Right now, it doesn't look like they're going to produce, so it looks like it's going to be we'll see ya. So I mean, it's as simple as that. Um, you have three very winnable games uh, at the start of the season. We're going to go back to that poll, uh, Taylor. All right, so I'm going to ask you before we read the the um, the results. Is Louisville three and zero, two and one, one and two, or zero and three in their first three games? One and two. Okay. I'm going to go with two and one. Um, I think uh, I was a little surprised that Chris thought that, you know, at least analytics wise, that Chattanooga could handily beat Louisville. I am, you know, based on what we've seen, um, the the subpar play, I'm going to say that Louisville loses um, to the Chattanooga Moccasins. I almost, yeah. said the, I almost said the lookouts, but. They've the made lookouts. the tournament in recent <laughs> years. The Mocs, I think, made yeah. it just a couple years ago, almost beat Illinois in the first round of the tournament. So that's not a bum squad that they're playing either. Yeah. No. So, and then, you know, if, if they have, you know, if they if any team that has had a pulse here over the last year plus, I mean, they'll they lose. So, you know, I think, um, you know, Western uh, or Clemson was the only team that was any good that Louisville beat. So, you know, but hey, you're going to have to win. And if you don't, he's going to be fired. So, can you imagine if they lose on honoring Denny Crumney? Oh, that Ooh. that would be. I tell you what, right now, Terrible. I would be absolutely livid. You that, talk that's about a fireable that, offense in yeah, its own. If you talk about yes. disrespecting the program, lo, yeah, lose lose that night when you're honoring um, the Louisville legend. Lo, oh, I think there's a reason though that they picked the UMBC game for that. I mean, I truly do. Like, if you can't beat the Retrievers, dude. They beat Virginia. They were the 16 that was the first 16 to ever beat a one seed. Yeah. I think, that, you know, but the roster turnover, I, again, I think they went 18 and 14 last year, but they had a huge um, yeah. roster revamp. Yeah, I think there's a bunch of new players. They're picked like seventh or eighth in their league. Yeah. They're not supposed to be. I mean, then again, Kentucky. Wesleyan was picked seventh. Yeah, and their division two. Again, if you lose to Wesleyan, you can lose to anybody on the schedule. So um, we're not gonna we're not gonna say. I mean, they should be wins, but we are what we are. Taylor, let's wrap up the show with some football talk. What let's do you do ex- What do you expect to see from the Cards against the Hokies this Saturday? Uh you know. I expect it to. I expect it to be a really solid game. Uh, I think that it's going to be probably a a tightly contested one early. 
because I do think that Virginia Tech is a lot better uh, than what we have seen early in the season, and I think they are kind of resurgent. Uh, their run game is for real, and I, I like the things that I see from them. But uh, I do think this is a game that Louisville is going to pull away and will eventually find themselves winning comfortably uh, at the end of this. I'm thinking it's like a 28-13 Louisville win. I think Virginia mm -hmm. Tech puts up more of a fight. I think Virginia Tech's defense is pretty good. I think they've got a little bit more explosiveness offensively. But you look at Virginia Tech, they're three wins in ACC play. They've all been at home, and none of them have necessarily been against elite competition. This will easily be the best team that they have played in quite a while. I expect yeah. Lord Jordan to have another big game. I'm going to be interested to see if they can just line up and run the ball down Virginia Tech's throat the way they did against Duke, or are we going to see Jack Plummer have to be a little bit more involved? I think early on we're going to find out. We'll see if how aggressive Jeff Brom wants to be, but I think no matter which way he has to go, I think the running game is going to be effective. I think Louisville may not have comfort at halftime, but they'll pull away in the second half and win rather easily. Yeah, so interestingly enough, we're talking about spreads, we're talking about trends, making predictions. The, the line for Louisville-Virginia Tech opened at 10.5. It is now down a point to 9.5. Mm -hmm. um, I, I know a lot of um, a lot of sharps, so if, it, if you can get a game at 10, um, you know, you don't have that hook with 10.5. They might, I think more money might come in on Louisville. I think that's a, I think that's a solid number. Um, I think Louisville plays right into the hands of the trends of the year, meaning Virginia Tech is not good on the road. Louisville's phenomenal at home. Yes. Virginia Tech is much improved. Uh, I'm with you. I think it's a very competitive game. I think it's a much more competitive game than the Duke game was. Um, I can see something around kind of like the Notre Dame game where it's close for a half. Louisville starts to kind of you know make some plays. But their quarterback is dangerous. Chiron Jones, yes. I'm telling you, um, he, has the, he has the escapability. He has the ability to, to really rip off um, some long runs and you know if you're a, a true dual threat guy like he is he's gonna he has the potential um to give louisville's defense fits but this defensive unit taylor man they are playing oh, like a unit possessed they're playing fundamentally sound football the tackling has been fantastic this year the schemes have been great um, you know, you mentioned it and Coach Braun mentioned it, how they're kind of changing things up. They're confusing their opponents. Um, Ashton Gelati has been feasting. I, I mean, wanted to say this earlier. Cornucopia. I wanted where's to say this earlier. Can we just start putting him up for All-American candidacy? He just had two sacks. Yes. was a game record the other day. Every big game yes. Louisville's played in, Ashton Gelati's name has been called repeatedly. He, so he would have had another sack. Absolutely. He, he would have had another sack, but the penalty took it away. Yeah. So listen, I mean, yes, Ashton Gelati and Jawar Jordan should be All-Americans. Now, we can debate if it's first, second, or third team, but they need to be national All-Americans and first-team All-ACC performers. They have earned it. They, they have been spectacular this season. All right, let's, uh, let's do a score, then we'll wrap things up. What's your score prediction, Team Money? You know what? I'm going to save mine for the Coors Light Louisville football pregame show. You can Yo. hear myself and Mark Blankenbaker on noon, uh, at noon on Saturday. Shirtless, sun's out, guns out uh, from Card March. So stop by. Uh, we will be there broadcasting live at noon, and uh, you'll get my prediction then. How about that? Fantastic. Um, I, wanted, I do want to mention this. Um, a bit of a personal note on September... Um, I I gotta read. The, I want to make sure I read this, um, read this correctly. On September 23rd, my uncle David passed away, 
and they he's having an estate sale. What this estate sale is, it's doing a little bit differently. All of the proceeds are going to um, raise for St. X scholarships. He was a graduate of St. X, I believe the class of 89. And if you go to the auction barn dot H-I bid, that's high bid, it's H-I-B-I-D dot com. Again, the auction barn dot highbid.com the auction is tomorrow he's got some things on there and all of the proceeds will go to the saint x scholarship fund so that's awesome um so yeah so um if if you are so inclined and check out see what's uh, see what is up for auction and all the proceeds go um to his alma mater high school and quickly uh quickly um Taylor, since we talked about some high school smack, um, I, no. I, I lost count of how many times no. Nails beat Manuel in football. No. Ten straight. Can, a decade. We can move on. Play the, play the music <laughs> louder. All right, guys. Thank you so much for a very spirited show. Yes. The passion is there. That's why Louisville basketball will not stay down forever. We have a passionate, knowledgeable fan base, and we know what we're going to not put up with. And the subpar play is just not going to be acceptable. So it's either produce or see you. So that was evident tonight. And of course, get out there early. It's going to be a beautiful day. The number 13 Louisville Cardinals will take on Virginia Tech. Hope to make it 10 straight wins at home. Listen to Taylor and Mark on the Coors Light Louisville football pregame show. And until next time, go Cards! Cards. Beat the Hokies! Looking for a rewarding career? One that empowers you to serve your community, change lives, and reach your fullest potential? Become a correctional officer for the Kentucky Department of Corrections and earn up to $28.30 an hour with great benefits. Help create a better, safer Kentucky. Apply today for a correctional officer position in your community at careers.ky.gov. That's careers.ky.gov. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling.